Thank you for joining us today. At ResLife, our mission is to develop committed followers of Jesus Christ to reach the world. Our content is created to equip and empower you in God's purpose. We hope you enjoy this message. And once again, so glad that you're with us, no matter where you're at with your device today. And uh, I'm really excited about this message that uh, I want to share with you. You know, there is so much uncertainty in the air. Economically, so many people are looking to the future and it seems so uncertain, uncharted territory. But this is really not a time that you and I need to be reacting to what's going on. In fact, what we really need to do is we need to be seeking God and we need to be encouraged because when we seek the Lord, that is literally what's going to happen. You know, the Bible tells us that one more time, God is going to shake everything that can be shaken. But you know what cannot be shaken? The kingdom of God cannot be shaken. And as a believer, that's where you are. You are a part of that kingdom. Uh, in in the, uh, the book of 1 Samuel, David is not king yet. In fact, he and his men are, are really exiled from Israel. And they come back to their town. They have been away. And, and I, I just imagine they're coming over the last hill and, and see a very ominous sight. There is their town of Zegleg. And all that they see is smoke rising up in the air. And I'm sure that they ran and got there. And what they found was that their city had been attacked by the Amalekites. They had burned the city to the ground. They had taken all of their possessions, their families, their wives, their children. Everything was gone. And when they got there, the Bible says, like, they're they're distressed. And it says this in verse 6. It says, uh, David was deeply troubled because the troops were talking about stoning him. Each of the soldiers was deeply distressed because of their sons and their daughters. But David found strength in the Lord his God. You know, everybody was distressed. You know, when, when there's a time where you're fearful, when you're distressed, when you're grieving, when there's uncertainty, when you're troubled, it's just not really a good time to make a decision. That's where these men find themselves. And what they say is, hey, let's stone David. You know, we always want to do something. We always want to blame somebody. But really, in that time of distress, that's the worst time to make a decision. So, so what David does is he does the right thing. And the Bible says that he strengthened himself in the Lord. You know, it's really great when you've got a brother or a sister in Christ that can encourage you. But when it really, really, when you're alone, And when you're really troubled, you need to be able to encourage yourself in the Lord. And really what I want to do this morning is I want to encourage you. All right. And I want you to take the things that we're going to be talking about this morning. And I want you to use them to encourage yourself in the Lord. You know, the Bible tells us that there's going to be these dark times. In fact, in Isaiah 60, it says, arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth and gross darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. You know, when the times are dark, it is really the time for the church, for the kingdom of God to rise up. It may be dark outside and a lot of people may be in fear and dread. There's turmoil. There's there's economic uh, shaking that's going on. 
But what does the Bible say? It says about you, it says, arise and shine for your light has come. It is the time for the church to be different than the world, right? And the world really today, they're looking for hope and they're looking for answers. And our filter for everything that goes on around us should be very different from the world. Right now, they may be looking to the media. They're looking to the news. They're looking to celebrities comments. They're 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 moving with their emotions. But you and I have a different filter that you and I are to live by. Right. And that filter really is God's faithfulness to his promises and his word. The Bible says every part of scripture is God breathed and it's useful in one way or another. Showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes and training us to live God's way. And right now, I believe the church, we need to be living God's way. The world's way is full of uncertainty. There's fear. There's 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 doubt. There's shaking, there's dread about what's coming upon us. But you and I, we live differently. We live not by what we see, but we live, the Bible says, by faith. For we look not at the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen. Because the things that are seen, they're temporal. That really means they're subject to change. And I think it's really interesting that right now, uh, you can hear one thing in the morning and you're hearing something else in the afternoon. They are very much subject to change. But the things that are eternal, the things of God, they are not subject to change. We don't live by fear. I, I, I saw this week that, that uh, gun sales are way up. All right. People are buying guns. People are buying food, you know, and they're hoarding and they want to hide. Like, 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 look, as a Christian, what are you going to do? Buy a gun and shoot somebody in Jesus name? Well, of course not. Right. In fact, Jesus tells us the exact opposite. In fact, he actually talks about plagues and things that are coming. And he says, look, when you see these things begin to take place, he says, lift up your head because your redemption draws nigh. He didn't say it was a time to be fearful, a time to hoard, a, t- a time to get guns and to hide out. No, he says, you need to realize your redemption is closer. It is near, right? Others around us, they're looking here and there. They're afraid of this virus. They're afraid of the economic turmoil. There's fear. There's uncertainty on every side. But for the believer, the word of God, his promises are the same yesterday, today and forever. And we need to be people of faith. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. And we don't look at the things that are seen, but we look at the things that are not seen. You know, the, the faith looks into the realm of the spirit and faith looks at the promises of God and the things that the world cannot see by faith. We see those things and we grab hold of those things in Romans one, verse 21. It says, although they knew God, they didn't glorify him as God, nor were thankful. Now, look, to glorify really means to put value on, to trust, to esteem, to have confidence in to treasure. See, the world does not treasure what God has said in this situation, in every situation. But as believers, we need to have more confidence in what God has said than we have in CNN or in Fox News or in what some celebrity says. Now, we need to put our confidence in what God has said, right? In fact, I think that about 
80% of all the turmoil that w- would, would be over if we could just shut down the news system for about 30 days. Because all they're doing is spreading this fear, right? And what we're doing, we're not looking at what the, the things that the world is looking at. Because we look by faith and we see the things that are not seen. And remember, Jesus in John 14, in verse 1, he said, do not let your heart be troubled. In other words, Jesus said, don't let your emotions run your life. Don't let fear and uncertainty, dread, grab hold of you. He says, believe in God, believe also in me. He's saying, put your faith in God. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. The promises of God, they are yes and amen in good times and in bad times, in certain times and in uncertain times. And Jesus goes on in that 14th chapter of John and he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you, not as the world gives to you. Right? Do not let your heart be troubled, neither be afraid. The world's peace really is basically this, an absence of turmoil or when all of the circumstances are right. Then the world says there's peace. There's no turmoil. Everything is just the way it's supposed to be and we can have peace. But God's peace is very different. The world can be literally going to hell in a handbasket around you because your peace does not depend on outward circumstances. Your peace is something that Jesus has given you that is on the inside. And you've got peace when everything is falling apart around you because your trust is not in the things that are around you. Your trust is in God. Jesus said, I'm giving you a peace that is different than the peace that the world has. And again, Hebrews 13, verse five, God said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And I've said this before, but leave literally means to physically leave you. But to forsake you means I'll never turn my heart away from you. And God is saying, no matter what's going on, I haven't left you. And my heart is not turned away from you. God sees everything that's going on in our lives. And I love what it says. Therefore, the next verse says, therefore, we can boldly say the Lord is my helper. What can man, what can circumstances, what can the world do to me? And I was thinking about what to share this week. Uh, one of the sayings that, that my executive pastor, L, says again and again, uh, uh, this is an L-ism. But when something goes wrong, he, oh, this is what L always says, well, no surprise to God. It is no surprise to God. I mean, that's true. No matter what happens, it is not a surprise to God. God <coughs> Excuse me. God knew that it was coming. And here's the great thing. He sees ahead and he provides. There there, there is never an emergency in God's economy. Uh, When again, when when God created Adam and Eve, he had already created all the food that they were ever going to need. He had already created the air. He had already created everything that they were going to need. And God has done the same thing today. You and I, the supply that we need is already there, right? There is no need that God did not look ahead and foresee. So he says, you can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. What can man, what can circumstances, what can the things of this world do to me? And in Romans 8, it says this, that we know that God works all things together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. 
No matter what goes on in this world, that doesn't mean God is the author of the trouble, but no matter what it is, God is able to work it together for our good. And when I was thinking about this, I thought about three different people that this had to do with the three circumstances. The first one was, of course, Daniel. Daniel is in the pagan empire of Babylon and a law is passed that you could pray to no one but the king. Well, the Bible says that he went home and as his custom was since his early days, he knelt down, he opened his window towards Jerusalem and he prayed three times that day. Well, as a result, they throw him in the lion's den. But in the morning when the king comes to check, the king says, Daniel, has your God been able to deliver you? And Daniel says, yeah, he sent his angel and he delivered me. Well, he gets taken out of that pit. He is promoted and literally his enemies are thrown into the lion's den. What the devil meant for evil, God turned for good. The same thing happens to his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When they refuse to bow down and worship an idol, they're thrown into a fiery furnace. And the king says to his counselors, didn't we throw three men in the fire? And they said, yeah, there were three. He said, well, I see four walking in the midst of the fire. He said, the the fire does them no harm. And the fourth one looks like the son of God. They bring him out. And by the way, it was Jesus that came into that fiery furnace. And when you and I are in that fiery furnace of whatever life brings against us, excuse me, Jesus shows up and he sees us through those circumstances, right? And also Joseph, everything seemed to be going bad. His brothers sell him as a slave. Then he's lied about and he's thrown into a dungeon. He's there and and he, he helps some men who forget him. But then a few years later, That one man that he helped remembered he's brought before Pharaoh and he woke up in the dungeon that morning, but he went to bed prime minister of Egypt. And I've said it before. I'll say it again. God can get you anywhere in 24 hours in the things the devil means to harm your life. God is able to work those things together for your good. That's why the Bible says God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love and a sound mind. We do not need to succumb to what the world succumbs to. That's why the Bible says in Romans eight, what shall we then say to these things? If God is for us, who could be against us? Notice when trouble shows up, we're supposed to say something. We're supposed to say God's for us. God is on our side. And he goes on, he says, I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. We need to begin to speak that God is on our side, that he has not left us, he's not forsaken us, that he has a provision for us. And this is not a time to hide. It's not a time to be selfish. In fact, in Philippians 4, excuse me, 2 verse 4, it says, don't look only to your own interests, but take an interest in others. You know, this is a time to love, to pray, to worship, to sacrifice. In Acts chapter 2, the Bible talks about the early believers. It says they met together in one place. They shared everything that they had. They even sold property and possessions and shared the money with those that are in need. You know, in troublesome times, it's a great time to be generous. The Bible says, do not grow weary 
in well-doing. For in due season, you will reap if you faint not. You know, in troublesome times, it can seem like, man, this is the time to hoard. But the truth is, it's not the time. It's the time to sow. It's the time to be generous. Don't be weary in well-doing. This is a time when the, 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 the same spiritual laws that were in effect in a time of abundance are affecting a time of scarcity. You know, the law of gravity does not change because of the virus. And the laws of God do not change. When we sow into the kingdom and release what we have in our hand, God releases a blessing that he has in his hand towards us. And this is a time to remember that we really are in a spiritual battle. The Bible says in Ephesians 6 and verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Now, unfortunately, a lot of people, believers only read the first part of the verse where it says we do not wrestle. Right. But we are in a spiritual battle, but it's not against people. In fact, one translation tells us that our enemy are beings without bodies. It's talking about Satan and demon power. It says, but our, our real fight is against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. It says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. What this is telling us is this, that not everything that comes our way is the will of God. And of course, that's why Jesus told us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because there is an enemy of your and my soul. The Bible tells us to be sober and vigilant because our adversary, the devil, goes about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, it says, steadfast in the faith. We need to stand against the things that do not come from God. Do not think everything that happens in your life is God because it's not. And there are things that the enemy brings and we need to stand against them. That's why the Bible says resist the devil. And by the way, that word resist is an active word. And it's not simply, oh, well, leave me alone. Oh, God, help. No, no, no. It means you need to actively stand and resist. Jesus said the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. You need to stand against the attacks of the enemy and do not, the Bible says, be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Don't be overcome by evil, right? But overcome evil with good. We do not respond the way the world responds when we're wrong. We don't respond the way the world responds when there's danger, when there's a virus. We live by faith. We respond in faith. And we don't think only of ourselves, but we're thinking of others. We think differently. In Hebrews 11 and verse 13, it says, these all died in faith not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were assured of them, embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. As a born again Christian, as part of the kingdom of God, this world system is not our own. The Bible says we're to see it as pilgrims, as strangers. We are just passing through this world system but we really belong to another system. We are part of the kingdom of God. In fact, the Bible says that you and I are ambassadors for the kingdom of God. 
So there's a lot of things the world is doing that we as believers, we do not do. All right. One thing we don't do is we do not overcome evil by evil, but we overcome evil with good. Right. And we are not fearful and we don't grieve the way that the world grieves. Remember, we're pilgrims. Right. We realize that this life is not the end. We realize that our king is coming back. And the Bible says this in First Thessalonians chapter four about the way that we are not like the world. It says, I don't want you to be ignorant. He says, least you sorrow as others that have no hope. For if we believe Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep or who have died in Jesus. And we say to this to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain will by no means precede those who are asleep or who have died. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with a voice of the archangel, with a trump of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And then those of us who are alive and remain will be caught up together to meet him in the Lord. And thus we will always be with the Lord. We realize our king is coming, that this is not the end. This world is not the end. But the Lord Jesus Christ, he's coming back and we're going to forever be with him. That, my brothers and sisters, is what the Bible tells us to comfort one another's with. And we're not like the world that sorrows, that's fearful, because the Lord said he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. We are not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. So what we are going to do, we're going to not stop talking about what we have seen, what we have heard, what Christ has done in us. Because I believe that today with the fear, the dread that is out there, more people are open to the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ than at any other time. We're not fearful because God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And the Bible says in Philippians 4 and 6, be anxious or don't worry about anything, but in everything with prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God. Now notice it says, don't anxious, be anxious or don't worry. And literally, worry is fear in its infancy. If you let fear go, excuse me, worry go, it will mature and it will become fear. The Bible says we do not fear. We are not anxious. We do not worry. And we're not looking at what the world's looking at. The world is looking at turmoil, economic turmoil. They're, 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 they're fearful because of the virus. But the Bible says about you and me that we look not at the things that are seen. We look at the things that are not seen. Those things that are seen, they're temporary. They're subject to change. But the things that are not seen, God's kingdom, it is eternal. It's not subject to change. And we're looking differently than the world is looking. Right? The Bible says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. The spirit of God, God's life and God's nature on the inside of us, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. For we are hard pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. We're struck down, but we're not destroyed. Why? Because Jesus has not changed. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
His promises, his redemption, it's the same no matter what's going on around us. And remember, Jesus said, he, the devil, comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He said, but I have come that you may have life and have it abundantly. The things that kill and steal and destroy, those are the things we resist. Because Jesus came for us to have life. We are not afraid. And there is so much turmoil going on. But listen, the turmoil that's going on is in our soul. It, that's where it is. It's in our soul. Now, the Bible says this in 1 Peter 1, 9. Receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your soul. Most people, Christian people, believe the end of my faith is really what God's wanting right now is to get me to heaven. But that is not true, right? The end of your faith is the salvation of your soul, your mind. Really, what God wants to do is he wants to bring heaven to you now. He wants to bring the kingdom of God to you now. So the Bible says this in Romans 12 and verse 2, to not be conformed to the patterns of the world, but to be transformed right, by the renewing of your mind or, as some translations say, by changing the way that you think. And it is what's going on in your soul. Really, the battlefield is in our mind, right? I love what, what Ruth Graham, Billy Graham's wife, had placed on her tombstone. She died several years ago. And this is, the, this is what it says on her gravestone. End of construction. Thanks for your patience. Now, what she was saying is God was continually working on me, right? I never got all the way there. I kept on changing the way that I think. I kept on changing my morals. I checked on changing my values. I kept on changing my perspective. Every time I'd get in God's word, I'd see something different than the way that the world's values were and their perspectives were and their goals were. And she's saying, I just kept on changing. I was under construction, all right? The Bible calls that the salvation of your soul. I think it's interesting that in the 23rd Psalm, which a part well, from, from uh, John 3.16 is the best known part of the entire Bible. And David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters and he restores my soul. He restores my soul. Now, why does your soul need restoring? Because of the circumstances, the problems, the worry, the fear, the sin, the attacks of the enemy. There are so many things. The Bible says that war against your soul, that try to pull you the world's way, right? But what God wants to do is he wants to restore your soul. You know, and our souls are restored with the word of God. They're restored in times of worship. They're restored in times of prayer. You know, we need to have our our, our being, our soul restored. And that's what God will do. He will restore your soul, right? The soul needs an anchor. And so it says in Hebrews chapter six, this hope we have is an anchor of the soul. Um, a few years ago, we were, we were in Israel. We go every couple of years, take a group with us. And uh, right by the Sea of Galilee, there's a large mountain and uh, on the top of that mountain, Mount Bernice, by the way, who's mentioned in the Bible uh, as one of the people that, that Paul preached to. And on the top of that mountain, there is an ancient structure. And for years, they literally thought that it was uh, Bernice's palace. 
But they, they dug and, and they, they found the first one they think they found, they found this huge anchor. Right? And they found out it was actually a church called the Anchor Church. And the Bible says that our soul needs an anchor. Right? This hope we have is an anchor for our soul, both sure and steadfast, which entered behind the presence of the veil. What is that, that anchor that we have? It is God's promise to you and to me that he will never leave you, that he will never forsake you, that all of the promises of God are yes and amen. And no matter what the world is going through, there's an anchor for your soul. Your faith in God, in his word, in his promises is an anchor to your soul. It will keep your soul in troubled times. In a time of a hurricane where the, the boat would put down several anchors so that it would hold. In this time of a, of a turmoil of a hurricane coming through economically and in fear concerning the virus that's out there, you need an anchor for your soul. Put your faith in God's promises to you. He won't leave you. He won't forsake you. And all of his promises to you are yes and amen. And the Bible says he's coming back for you. And that with that confidence, we can face anything, right? And we can comfort one another. Say, so would you please bow your head for just a moment, wherever you're at, if you can. I know that there are many people, so many, watching online today. Thousands and thousands of you are watching right now online. And many of you, you're at home. Uh, you might be in an apartment. You might be with somebody else watching. And uh, that person who's watching with you, it may be that, uh, that, that they normally don't watch. They normally don't attend a church. So I want to talk to you just a minute about your soul and about your spirit. Say, so what does God want from me? What God really wants from you is he wants you to come and surrender your life to him. In fact, Jesus said this. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. Now, what that means is that all the good things I could do could never make me right with God, and all the good things you can do can never make you right with God. There's just one way to God, and that is through Jesus. So Jesus said you must be born again. That means give him all of your heart and all of your life and turn away from the way that you were living and say, with the best of my ability and your help, God, I'm going to live for you. Now, if you're away from God today or you don't know where you stand with God, you say, I want to get right with God. I want to receive forgiveness. I want to be a part of this family. I want a relationship with him. I read wherever you're at, please just bow your heads and pray this prayer out loud. Make these words your own. Say, oh God, I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. And I believe he rose again. I give him all of my heart and all of my life. I hold nothing back. And I receive the forgiveness that you have for me. And as you enable me, I'm going to live for Jesus every day. I thank you. You've heard my prayer that I'm forgiven, that I'm a part of your family today and forever in Jesus name. Amen. Now, if you just prayed that prayer, wherever you're at, would you please just text? Yes. 
to the number that's there on your screen. You know, faith is an act. It's an act. And this is the first act I want you to do. I want you to text yes. And we're going to be praying for you and celebrating what God is doing in your life. Thank you for watching and being a part of our online family. Subscribe to our channel for access to all of our videos and live services. You can also be notified when a new service becomes available if you ring the notification bell. We cannot do this without you. You can support this ministry and help us reach more people with the word by giving at reslife.org give. Thanks again for watching. Be blessed.